one, mission number one, was that we want to have a, a zeal for God. And we said zeal is a passionate pursuit of God. And we, we said that in order to do that, we're going to have to uh, begin to change our mindset. We're going to have to begin to uh, change our, um, our actions. Because if we don't, what will happen is that we will continue to do the same thing over and over again. And God doesn't want that. He, he wants us to uh, reach the laws. And he scattered the church, the early church, because they wanted to stay in Jerusalem. They wanted to stay and do their thing. Uh, he scattered uh, the people. They wanted to build a tower of Babel. They wanted to you know, uh, stay together. And he keeps scattering people because he wants all the world to know his goodness and his grace. And it's no different now. And uh, we don't have the, the habits. Most of us, 90, 95% of us, we really don't have the habits that uh, is necessary to do what God wants us to do yet. And so what we're trying to do is to reprogram our mind according to the word of God that God wants us to be seeking the lost and bringing salvation to them, bringing light to them. That's what he wants us to do. And I know what most of you, like I am, you, you know, you, you, you really don't want to uh, badger people. You don't want to tell them things that they don't want to hear. And so you tend to uh, just say, you know, I'm going to let my light shine, and others can see my light, and they can glorify God. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, there are some nice, very nice, unsaved people. Really, they are. They're some nice, unsaved people. And uh, so you don't want to just to let your light shine by not saying anything. You want to uh, make sure they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you serve Jesus Christ. You want to let them know that there is a difference between you and someone else that are not Christians. You want them to know that you serve a living God and that he's able to do all things uh, uh, that, that really that's needed to be done. See, because the world, what they're going to do is that they're going to get bent out of shape about a lot of different things, whether it be economy, whether it be the, uh, uh, politics, whether it be a lot of different things, they're going to get bent out of shape. But see, we don't get bent out of shape because what we are concerned about is the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those other things that they'll fall in place. We understand that we can pray. And through prayer, prayer will do a lot of things that can't be done by just uh, willpower or just doing things. Now, sure, we got to pray and sure we'll have to do. But uh, the other people don't say, well, they pray when things get real tough, but they don't have any, any uh, assurance. All they have, I, I hope he hears me. That's all they have, you know. I hope he hears me. And that hope is not a, not an expectancy. That hope is just a, 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 you know, if I'm lucky enough, he'll hear me. You know, things will change. You know, cross my fingers, things will go okay. Knock on wood. All these ignorant sayings that I used to say, probably you used to say, uh, you know, that's what the world is. And so what, and we were in part of the world uh, just like that. But now we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we have to be a little bit different. We have to change our mindsets, and that's, that's very hard. Uh, but we can do it through Christ. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Are you in agreement with that? So what we say we want to do is start to set some uh, some goals, some reasonable goals, but not goals that, that are so easy to uh, say, you know, I'm going to reach out to one person a year. See, that, that's not, that, that's not a, 
a stretching goal. You want to set some stretching goals where you're going to stretch yourself. You want to uh, evaluate yourself weekly, and you want to get somebody else to help you uh, to uh, keep you on track. Now, I say weekly because if we say monthly, it's only 12 times. And see, what happens is that uh, uh, if you do it just once a month, then somebody says, hey, how, how, how have you been doing with your goals? Well, you know, I didn't do too well this month, but I'm going to do better next month. After a while, a quarter of a year has been going by, and we haven't done anything. So God wants us to uh, put a little bit more pressure on ourselves because he can stand it. You know, It's not really us anyway. It's got to be him. It's him who gives us the will and to do of his good pleasure. So therefore, we want to stretch ourselves. So I just set weekly goals. And so every, every week, I want you reaching out to somebody. Every single week, reaching out to somebody. You say, well, you know, I'm reaching out to my family. Well, I'm reaching out to my family too, you know. And But see, my family doesn't live here in Lynchburg. I see them and I talk to them on the phone, but they don't live here in Lynchburg. And I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for the salvation of my family. I'm thanking God for the ones who are already saved. Uh, but that's not going to help build up the church here in Lynchburg, Cornerstone. And so I have to reach out to other people that I see. Now, you say, well, I don't come in contact with people because, you know, I'm a housewife, I'm a student, I'm a this, this. You, you do come in contact with people because you go somewhere every, every week. You go somewhere. You may go to the grocery store. You may go to the, uh, get some gas. You may go, uh, uh, you know, to buy a, a birthday card or something for somebody. You go somewhere. The thing is that when you go, normally what I used to do is not look for anybody to um, to share the gospel with. That's, that's what I did. I didn't look for anybody. I went to accomplish the goal, which, which I went to do, whether by Christmas presents or by anything. It's a great time of year to reach out to people. People are, are more open to, to the good news now than they are in any other time, time of the year because people are not so uh, hateful right now because it's Christmas coming up, you know. Christmas coming up. And so everybody's nice during Christmas, usually. They're nice during Christmas. So you can, you can uh, do that while you're shopping for Christmas. I guarantee you God will put somebody across your path every single week if you're looking for it. You know, when, when I used to uh, be in, in uh, one of these mother-level businesses and whatnot, uh, and you can ask somebody who's in it now and in some of those type of things, they are looking for people all the time. You know, people, whether it's in Mary Kay, whether it's in... Uh, Shackley or whether, whatever it they're in, they are looking for people all the time because they can't expand their business if they don't have somebody to come in to their business. You see? So they are looking for people. And that's what I used to do. I used to go to the grocery store looking for people. You see? Well, see, God says that, you know, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm greater than any Amway, any, uh, Mary Kay. He's greater than any of those things, right? So therefore, why can't we go to grocery stores looking for somebody that God may put across our path that we may say something nice to, you know? Like people say, well, uh, happy holidays. I say, Merry Christmas. I said, do you believe in Christmas? I say, yeah, I believe in Christmas. Uh, what's that? Merry Christmas. It's not happy holidays. I mean, it's Merry Christmas. Christ was born. And, yeah, I mean, this is the season of the year. Oh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, I, uh, right. Okay. So, you know, you, you got to be bold, see? You got to be bold and tell people because they're trying to get the the, the, the Christ out of Christmas. That means happy holidays. No such thing. Happy holidays, you know. It's Christmas time. Yeah? Yeah, it's Christmas time. So, I'm trying to encourage you to do what we are asking to do. Because I'm not asking anything 
that the word of God is not asking. The word of God is saying that go into all the world and, and, you know, make disciples of all nations. That's what God is saying. Jesus Christ did not walk this earth and just do nothing while he was walking this earth. He took the gospel. He took the, uh, the kingdom everywhere he went. He said the kingdom is at hand. So therefore, we need to be doing the same thing. And we just haven't been doing it, so now it's, it's a little bit awkward doing it. But we have to change our mindset, we have to change our actions if we're going to do those type of things. And so, please don't get irritated and, and, and uh, uh, with me by asking you to do those type of things and, and trying to hold you accountable to doing those things, because if we're not going to change, we're going to be the same. And if we're the same, then what's the need? You know, What's the need? Because I think we're supposed to be changed to the image of Jesus Christ. Supposed to be more like him every day. So that was the first thing. And we said we wanted every single person uh, of school age, whether it be pre-K or wherever you are, on up, uh, every, every single person to invite somebody to church to uh, make sure they're discipled and make sure they're committed to Cornerstone in 2009. So you have 12 months to do that. Now, I know that, and you know that it's going to take more than um, asking one person. Guarantee you, it's going to take more than that. So that means you might have to ask 10. You might have to ask 20. You might have to ask 30. I don't know. Uh, I've been asking people. You remember we had the cars up here, and it was on that big cross over the other building? Uh, well, now we have a, a different cross. We have a little cross. There's a cross right there. And so what I want you to do is bring uh, a card. And it might be the same, some of the same names. It might not be some of the same names. And you put them in there, and we're going to pray for them. And keep a card for yourself, you know, and be praying for them. We're going to be doing the same thing because I believe that prayer works. You know, if I didn't believe in prayer, then why not, you know, why not, you know, uh, not pray? Because if prayer not going to work, there's no need to pray. But I believe prayer works, so we need to keep doing that. And some of the people I was reaching out to, they act like they're, they're, just, they're not ready yet, you know. So if they're not ready yet, it's okay. It's okay. You can't force anybody to be ready because the Holy Spirit is not moving in their life. They're not moving in their life. So what you do is you go to the next person and go to the next one and go to the next one. So you've got to, got to keep adding to that list. Okay? So these are things that we're going to do uh, for 2009. And what I'm doing is I'm asking those people who um, I told you last week that I'm responsible for um, directly is to give me a report on uh, who are they inviting to the church? Who are they inviting to the, the functions? I asked the, uh, one of the people, I guess it was yesterday, day before yesterday, I said, uh, in the young, young adult group, did you invite anybody, the unchurched, unsaved to that? Yeah. Any time we have anything, invite somebody. There's an opportunity times to invite somebody. Yeah. It's very important to do that. During the Christmas holidays, it's a very important time to invite somebody. Invite somebody to, to your home, invite them, in, in, anywhere. I'll use all different methods of, of, uh, of reaching out to people. Bake bread, bake cookies, and do all those type of things. It's a good time of year to do those things. Serving evangelism. All those things are very important. We're going to reach out to people this year. And I believe that you know and I know that it's nowhere in the world God is going to tell us in his word to go and take the gospel to everywhere. And he tells us that I'm not going to give you anybody because you don't deserve anybody. And therefore, you know, uh, you can ask all you want to. Nobody's going to get saved when you ask. That's not true. 
God is always going to, I don't care what, what your state is, whether you uh, uh, have faults or whether you don't have faults, it doesn't matter. God is going to save the lost, and he'll use you to do that. And therefore, I want you to reach now. And if you do that by next year's time, uh, you know, it'll be, uh, the, the, the congregation will be double in size than what it is now, plus the people that God's going to send uh, just because he's pleased with us. And so that's what's important to do. Now let's go to this number two. Last week I said we must increase our intimacy with God. And we said intimacy is like the Holy of Holies. Yeah? That's what intimacy is like, the Holy of Holies. You know, we can be in the outer court, we can go into the, uh, the holy place, but we want to go into the Holy of Holies where, where God is. And we said that we wanted to uh, do that, increase our intimacy with God, by having a daily devotion time. And when we say we have a daily devotion time, we wanted to um, uh, spend some quiet time with God. That's what we said we wanted to do. Now, I had somebody come up last year. I think I had, last week. I think I had Emily come up. And uh, this time I'm call. Um, let me see. Should I call Lord up? Maybe I should call Laura. Maybe I should call Brian. You know, and they'll be telling me the seven priorities. Because all of you know the seven priorities, don't you? It was in the bulletin last week, right? And I know it's in the bulletin this week, because I asked Brandon to put it in the bulletin this week. And I know you've been studying them over the week. See? Now, you know I'm not a teacher just to be, have a title teacher. You know the seven priorities, don't you, Ms. Dorsey? Okay? Let's call um, Daisy. Come on up, Daisy. Daisy's been studying those seven priorities ever since, ever since she got here this morning. I was going to call Brianna, and Brianna, oh, I got, I got a nursery. Oh, you got out of it, girl, you know. <laughs> okay, what are the seven priorities? Praise, worship, prayer, reading, and studying the Word of God, meditation and memorization, confession and sharing. Give her a hand, will you? Praise God. Praise God. Now, I'm going to stop calling these, these young teenagers, and I'm going to start calling these adults. Now, I'm going to tell you again now. I'm going to stop calling teens. I'm going to start calling adults. Next week, I'm going to call an adult. Now, don't get upset if I call you and you get up here and stumble over them and don't know them because I'm giving you a week's notice, okay? Do not not show up next week because I might call on you either, you know? I want you to be here. Now, these are, these are seven priorities, and, and again, you're not going to do all seven of these during your quiet time, but the top three, I think if you just uh, are praising you, give some thanksgiving, worship, pray uh, before you leave in the morning, I think that, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, sometimes uh, I know that most people can't study when they do their devotional time. They can read, but they can't do their studying. So I know it, it's not... Uh, something that you can do at one sitting, you know, probably. But you can probably uh, do your studying on the weekend. You can do uh, maybe a meditation during the, during the day. You can do your scripture memorization when your traffic light turned red. Then you can get out your little uh, prompt card and you can go through your scripture. Uh, because th- that's, that's the way you learn how to memorize something. You go over and over and over again. You see? Now, I want to each one, each one person to memorize one scripture that you don't know, again, that you don't know, once a month. Once a month. Okay? Now, is that, is that hard to do? Say yes. 
<laughs> now, it's not that hard to do. It really isn't that hard to do. Now, I'm going to call on an adult also to do that. Okay? Because, see, I'm working with some people and I said, look, I want you to memorize a scripture. And uh, you, can, you can memorize any scripture you want to. It doesn't matter whatsoever what you memorize. Chad, uh, come on up and I'm get, get Chad to quote a scripture that he, uh, he didn't know at one time, but he does know now. Uh, because we've been reviewing this. Every time he comes to my house, he has to quote a scripture. Okay? Yes, I do. First Peter 4, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with the same attitude, because he who suffers in his body uh, is, without, is uh, done with sin. Is done with sin. <laughs> yeah, that's good. And because of that, you got me on the spot. It's okay. You're doing good. Is done with sin. And... That's good. Give him a hand. That's good. I don't know. I do know too. <laughs> see, what he did, he, he picked a, a scripture that had about two or three verses on it, say, which is okay, you know? Now, uh, and when, when we had it, had it for memorization, he knew it, and then I quizzed him next time he knew it, and that's fine. Um, and I said, what, why don't you do it? Why don't you put it in your prayer life? Because this is how I remember scriptures, is put it in my prayer life, and I start now over and over again. Because it's the only way. Thank you, Chad. Give, give Chad a hand. Because that's what we do. You know? Do you know it takes discipline to remember scripture? To memorize scripture? Do you think God wants us to memorize scripture? Did Jesus memorize scripture? When the devil came to Jesus uh, and to, to tell him uh, something, Jesus quoted the word to him. But if you don't know the word, you can't quote no word to him. You see? And if somebody asks you things, uh, you can't I'll quote the scripture to them. So, therefore, you really don't know much. You see, so it's very important to do that. So when we're going through our scriptures, uh, we went through First Peter, Second Peter, First uh, John. And when we're going through that, I said, look, man, what I want you to do is to don't read the Bible just to be reading the Bible. You want to know more about God. And also, you want to... Uh, be able to glean for your own household, for your own life, and also for others. So when you're in First Peter, you will know some of the things that's, that's in First Peter. You know um, some of the things in Second Peter, and you can go to those things readily when, you, when, you, when you're talking to people. So those things are very important. We need to be more disciplined as a body of Christ if we're going to reach a lost world. Because people are going to come to you on the workplace, they have problems in their marriage, they have problems with their children, they have problems in their finances, they have problems with the boss, they have problems in relationships. And the Word of God has the answers to those things. But you need to know the Word of God in order to do that. Okay? Now, uh, when, when we had the scripture memorization the first time, um, uh, Chad knew his, and the other gentleman knew theirs. Um, Jason knew his. Uh, I think um, uh, Virgil knew his. I think. Did you know yours, Virgil? Okay, Virgil knew his. <laughs> he don't want to say, "Yeah, I knew it's because I come down there." That's his quarter, you know. <laughs> but I didn't know mine. Oh, I stumbled over the thing, man. I said, "Oh God, you know, this is terrible." You know, here I am, you know, asking them to memorize scripture, and I don't know mine, you know. So uh, the next week, I did what I was supposed to do. I put it on the card, and I reviewed it every day. 
and I added another scripture to it so that I have two scriptures, even though I asked them to do one because I messed up on the first one. So those things are very important. It takes discipline for everybody. And the only, only, time, only, only reason I know scriptures is because I memorize them. And I also uh, use it in my prayer life. Most of my prayers are, are scriptures. That's what they are. Most of them are scriptures. And so, therefore, uh, I use it all the time. That's very important in your life. These things are, uh, I'm not telling you these things just to be telling you these things. These things, I believe, are going to develop intimacy with Jesus Christ. Because he wants you to know the word. He wants to spend time with you. I'm not asking you to uh, memorize the 2009 mission just for the mission sake. You know, that's not important. What I'm interested in, you learning to love God more and more and more every day. Because the word of God tells me that uh, in, let's say, John chapter 14, verse 15, the King James will say, you know, uh, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And so we want to increase our love. Intimacy increases your love. What you do a lot of, you start becoming um, more attached to that thing, and you start developing an interest in that thing. And that I don't care what it is. I don't think I don't care whether it's uh, uh, things of the world. I don't care whether it's sports. I don't care what 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 it would be. The more you get involved in it, the more interested you become in it. People learn how to. Uh, like something just by doing it over and over again. And when they first started, they didn't like it. Like some people I know, they didn't, they didn't uh, like coffee when they first started. But then they said, man, I love coffee now. But see, they just develop a habit over and over again. And I believe that we can, we can develop or cultivate a habit for the word of God, for the things of God, by doing it over and over again. It's going to help, it's going to be helpful to us. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14, in verse 21 through 26, it says that he who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. That's very important. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will disclose myself to him. And Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the words which I speak, which you hear, are not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance those things I've said to you. God wants us to know his word. He wants us to love his word. He wants us to obey his word. And we can say that I love God, but if we're not keeping his word, we really don't love God. 
like we said we, we love God. So what I'm interested in is in our devotional time is increasing our love for God. That's what I'm interested in. Because if you increase your love for God, you can increase your obedience to God. And that's what God is looking for, obedience. Matthew eleven twenty-seven to 30 says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son will reveal himself. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble and hard, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my load is light. God wants us to come to him. God wants us to understand that I will reveal the Father to you. And we have to, be, we have, to have the Son reveal the Father to us. Because no one knows the Father except the Son. So as I get before God, as you get before God, you will learn more about the Father because the Son will reveal the Father to you. Your love will increase as your intimacy increases. Your intimacy will increase as your uh, devotional time becomes three things. Your devotional time needs to become constant. Now when I say constant, I like to use the word constant rather than consistent. Because the word consistent, a lot of times, you can do something once a week consistently. But I want it to be constant. I want it to be done every day. And there are people here that do uh, spend time with God every single day because they understand how important it is. And I want everybody to do that. We also need to um, be sincere during our devotional time. David was sincere when he was talking to God. You can tell God anything. He knows anyway. So you can tell him anything. He wants you to be sincere with him. Tell him, God, you know, I don't like to spend time with you, you know, because I'm so busy. You know, God, you know, I, I just get irritated because they ask me to spend time with you. I don't want nobody ask me to spend time with you. I want to spend time when I want to spend time with you. And therefore, God, they're making me do this, so therefore, I don't, want, I don't like to do that. Tell God. He already knows. Because don't you think God knows every thought you have? Before you even think it, he knows it. You see? God knows it. So you might as well be sincere with him. He can work with that. You need to be transparent with him. God, you know, uh, I've sinned. God, you know, uh, you know, other people wouldn't call it sin, but I call it sin. You call it sin. God, help, help, help me to get rid of this thing. Help me to get over this thing right here. Help me in this area, God. God, I just can't stand this person right here. I know I'm supposed to love this person. I just can't stand this person at work, God. Help me, God. You might as well be transparent with him. He knows anyway. In Psalm 51, was David transparent with him? Yes, David was transparent with him. Listen to that. He says, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. He was sincere. Create in me a clean heart, verse 10 says, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away 
from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. See, David knew that Saul, the spirit left Saul, and that Saul was left with uh, evil spirit. David didn't want that to happen to him. So David was transparent. He was sincere with God. We can be sincere with God, but it takes prayer. If we're too busy to pray, uh, then something's wrong because everyone has 24 hours a day. Everyone has 24 hours during a day. And so it's, it's what you choose to prioritize your day doing. We all, obviously, we know that you have to work. Obviously, we know you have to eat. You have to do certain things. You have to use hygiene. That's, that's excellent. But everybody's going to have some free time that you can spend with God. And it's what you, whether you choose to do that or not. You see? And some people say, oh, you know, when I come home, I like to unwind. You know, I like to just relax, kick up my feet, you know, and, and watch TV. That's fine. But if you haven't been in the Word, you need to kick up your feet and get your Bible and read it. You know, that's what you need to do. Uh, because that's the only way you're going you're gonna to learn the Word of God. You see? Now, I, I've been, we have never done this as a congregation. We've always done it with people I work with, whether it's a home group, whether it be people I mentor. We've always done this. But I've never done it in the whole congregation, held the whole congregation um, accountable to that. But for 2009, we're holding the whole congregation, you know, accountable to a devotional time. So you can get mad. You might as well get mad now, you know, stomp around, slam doors, do all that you want to do. But, um, you know, <laughs> but, but what you need to do is realize that I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Because I don't believe anybody, anybody in here can tell me a devotional time is not something that God desires. He doesn't desire to spend quiet time with me. Now, I know you could say, well, God des- desires for me to spend 24-7 with him. All my time is his. Well, that's true. That's true. But he wants some quiet time with you also. Ask any wife, you know. Steve Gregor, ask, ask Ma. Ask Ma, say, Ma, I want to spend 24-7 with you, but I don't want to be alone with you. <laughs> you know? And see, and see, are you able to sing next week? You know? <laughs> it won't happen, brother. It won't happen. I advise you not to say stuff like that. You know, you know Psalm um, 88, 13 says, But I, O Lord, have cried out to thee for help. And in the morning, my prayer comes before thee. Woo! I tell you that. It's something, it's nothing like in the morning. Getting before God. Before you go out and, and you know, uh, expect God to keep you all during the day. It's best to spend a little time with Him. Five minutes, whatever you can spend with Him. Spend with Him. Spend with Him. And some people say, I'm a, oh, I'm, well, I'm not a, I'm not a morning person. I'm a, I'm a night person. Well, that's fine. That's fine. But I guarantee you, if you go to the army, you will be a morning person. <laughs> guarantee. Guarantee. You might not want to, but you will be, you know. Now, for those of you who, who insist on being a night person, that's okay, too. God's word, he knows. Psalm 119, 62, 63, 7172 says, At midnight I shall rise to give thee thanks. <laughs> who, who, who are night people in here? Come on. Okay, I want you all to rise at midnight, okay? Midnight, give praise to God. 
He doesn't care. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't care whether it's morning or night. Come on, you know, give it to him. And some of you, of course, work at, at, at our second shift so you get off late at night so you can spend that time. He says that I am a companion of all those who fear thee and those who keep thy precepts. Before I was afflicted, I, I went astray, but now I keep thy word. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. The law of thy mouth is better than to me than a thousand gold pieces of gold and silver. You know, God wants us to, to tell him things like that because, see, unless you get in the word, you don't, you don't know when you are, you're not, you're not really convicted like you should be a lot of times, you know? Because sometimes our, our conscience gets seared and, and we kind of think things are okay that's not okay. But you get in his word and he'll speak to you. You say, oh, God, I don't want to get in this word because you're going to tell me something I don't want to hear. You know? But he loves you. Praise slash thanksgiving, worship and prayer, that, that equals intimacy. That's intimacy. Okay? Now, the education part of the seven priorities would be when you read, when you study, when you uh, meditate, and memorize scripture, that would be the educational part because you're trying to learn the word of God. Now, when we get into warfare, like next week, we'll get into some warfare. Warfare will be when you take what you have meditated on and to memorize, what you have uh, put confession in there and put prayer in there and put praise in there. See, we can, we can do warfare with praise. We can do warfare with, with scripture. We can do warfare with confession. That's when you use confession. When, when, when the enemy comes at, at you uh, with something, you, you go at him with the word of God. That's our offensive weapons. And we'll be working on that next week. Attacking. We're going to attack the enemy. Learn how to do that. Because I, th- I think some of, sometimes some of us, we get so lax and we think that these things uh, of God that happened to us and those things not of God. He wants you to fight against those things, but you don't know how to fight. I've talked to so many people, they don't know how to fight. They don't know how to fight for their children. They don't know how to fight for their mate. They don't know how to fight for their loved ones. God has given us these seven projects to fight with. Okay? Now, what's your assignment? Boy, that was kind of mumbly jumbly. <laughs> All of you supposed to know what it is, okay? Now, I expect for every single person to know the seven priorities next week. Seven priorities. Let's name them together. Get your paper out if you don't know them already. They're on your paper, okay? They're, we're talking about praise slash thanksgiving because some of you don't like to sing, but, you know, it's good to sing to the Lord. Then you talk about worship and you talk about prayer. Those are the top three. That's the intimacy. And we're talking about, come on, reading and studying. Okay, we're talking about memorization and, and, and meditation. Those are the educational parts. And then we're talking about confession and sharing. A lot of people want to share the Word of God. That's just all they want to share the Word of God, but they don't have an intimacy with God. They want to tell people about the word of God and don't realize that uh, God is more anointing on you if you have an intimate relationship with him. 
You see? That's very important. The Pharisees knew the word, they just didn't know the God of the word. Like they should have. They didn't have the intimacy. You see? God wants us to have that. Now, assignment number two. Memorize a scripture. You start on it. Memorize a scripture. Okay? I don't care what scripture you memorize. I don't care. It can't be something you already know. Memorize a scripture and have it ready for next week. You start on it. Now, we're going to do it once a month. Have a scripture once a month. Now, do I have the liberty to call on anybody once a month for this scripture? Okay, how about the rest of you? <laughs> Memorize the scripture. Since we're talking about discipline. We're talking about discipline. Okay? And we're also going to reach out once a week. Ask God, give me somebody to reach out to, Lord. Give me somebody to reach out to. And I realize that you have a family. I realize all those type of things, you know, um, that you're going to be reaching out to anyway. We're not talking about those people out of town. We're talking about somebody new, unchurched, unsaved, somebody new that you're trying to uh, get disciple to get in this body. I think those are where the goals for the first two weeks. Then I have three more that I will give you after we go through next week. Uh, we will have, um, we'll send Lee and Jan out next week. Uh, they're going to go back to um, the mission field. They're going to do that for a couple of months. And uh, so we'll send them out next week. And then they'll, they'll be there and they'll come back and whatnot and give us a report on all that God did there. Uh, we'll do that next week also. And we'll have communion next week also. So those are the things we'll do next week. Um, I, I won't embarrass you, okay? I will not embarrass you. I, I try not to never embarrass anybody because I didn't embarrass uh, Emily. I know that I embarrassed uh, Daisy. I gave them heads up just before, okay? So I'm giving you heads up now. <laughs> okay, give me heads up now. There's no need to even think about priorities if you're not saved, is it? God wants salvation of souls. That's what he wants. And so if you're not saved, God wants you to give your life to Jesus Christ. He wants that because he is good and his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. So if anyone's here that you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, it will be an honor to to pray for you. If anyone here like that today, raise your hand and I'll pray for you. And put it back down, please. If there's anyone here that, you know, you say, you know, I've not uh, been the way I should have been with God. I need to rededicate my life to God. Then today is the day. Let's do that. And if today you're one that say, you know, I'm not a disciplined person. And there are many here today I know that are not disciplined in the area of your spiritual priorities. I know that. Today is a day that you can turn that around. Let's don't just come to church and don't accomplish something. Because 
Church is something that we come to as the body of Christ. We all come together because we are the church. We want to encourage one, one another. We want to take territory. We want to get better at what we do. We've heard many, many messages over the course of years and years and years through many, many people, whether it be on radio, whether it be on CD, whether it be uh, podcast, whatever it is. You've heard many messages. But have you really put those messages to use? That's what God is asking us to do. It's time for the body of Christ to walk the word of God out. Not just talk it, but walk it out. So that's what I'm calling us to do in 2009. Is walk the word of God out that we already know. I'm going to pick about five things that we're going to be walking the word of God out in in 2009. These things you already know, but we're not doing them as a body. Individually, some of us might be doing them, but as a body, we're not doing them. And it's when Virgil stood up, uh, he gave a, um, uh, a message once, and he gave an illustration, and he locked arms with some men up there, and he says that when one tries to move and the other's not moving, then it doesn't work. We can't walk together. And see, as a body, God has called us to be one man. We're supposed to be walking in unity. We can't do that if we have half the body doesn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ like they should have. Oh, you're saved, but you don't have a relationship like you should have. You're hindering the body. God says, I don't want you hindering the body. I want you moving in flow with the body because I am the head of the body. And Jesus is on the move. And so... He's given about five things to do for 2009. And those things we're going to concentrate on. And we're going to hold one another accountable to. And I, I guarantee you, when 2010 comes, we're going to be better than we were in 2008. Because we've been walking out what we know. And not just singing the same old songs. Just playing church. Because it's time out for playing church. We don't know when Jesus Christ is going to come back. But we can be sure that it's tough times. Now, let's stand. Give me the prayer team up, please. The altar's call today is for those who are not quite as disciplined as you want to be. You're not quite as disciplined as you want to be. But you want to be more disciplined. And so the altar call is, God help me. Don't let another year pass, another month pass, and I'm not disciplined. I'm laid back, as some people say. I procrastinate. Lackadaisical with the things of you. God help me. Because my Relationship with you is at jeopardy. My wife's relationship with you is at jeopardy. My job is at jeopardy. My children is at jeopardy. Because what I don't do, my children don't do. What I don't do, I can't tell somebody else to do. God help me. God help me. That's all the call today. And it's not that the ones that are praying for you have made it through, don't have struggles, 
but they'll pray for you as they're praying for themselves.